The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift them up. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of love. Here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily and sacrament this day are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here on Matriculation Sunday at Boston University Marsh Chapel for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your decisions, self-selections of forms of service and ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray together. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, enlightened by your Holy Spirit, those who teach and those who learn, that rejoicing in the knowledge of your truth, they may worship you and serve you from generation to generation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the Epistle of James, chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious, and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 45, 1 through 2, and 6 through 9 with the antiphon. My heart overflows with a goodly theme. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is like a pen of a ready scribe. You are the most handsome of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Your royal scepter is a scepter of equity. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. At your right hand stands the queen in gold. stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark, chapter 7. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, 
Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. We pause this morning for a word of welcome in this New Year celebration season. Now, there are many points at which to celebrate the new year. January 1 comes to mind for our Jewish sisters and brothers. Rosh Hashanah is not far away. The first Sunday of Advent begins the Christian New Year liturgically and devotionally. And then we come to matriculation and matriculation Sunday, which is the rush of a mighty wave coming across and spilling over with happiness and joy and new life. It is the fountain of youth. It is wonderful. We welcome you, particularly our newest students among us and parents, our newest faculty and those coming in staff and administrative roles. Especially this morning, we welcome to our chancel and leadership of our service, Dean Chris Muller, Dean Ken Elmore, our new chapel associate for campus ministry, the Reverend Dr. Robin Olson, Associate Provost Sue Kennedy, whose reading from James is the basis for the sermon this morning, and Director Catherine Kennedy from the Thurman Center. We welcome you, one and all. Thank you for being here. There's something about that moment on Bay State Road, or someplace similar. I saw yesterday a car with a Connecticut license plate with the stuffed animal stretched out one window and two legs of a chair out the other and daughter and mom driving. Some of us stood underneath a tree and talked about this high liturgical moment. The church should do some writing about the liturgy of entry come matriculation Sunday. We'll assign one of our chapel associates that role for next year. It's a high moment. Someone of about my own age, maybe a little younger or older, was standing. We talked about a song that he remembered, and actually when I recited it, he began to sing it. I'm not saying he had a great voice, but we had a nice moment. He said, and I said, you say yes, I say no, you say stop, I say go, you say goodbye, I say hello. Written by four British guys some years ago, I forget the name of the band. It's a transition. You say goodbye, and we say hello. When a new faculty member comes to Boston University, she senses a great rush of energy. When students come, as freshmen or new graduate students, they sense a rush of energy. When administrators move now from the summer mode to the fall mode, they sense that something's changed. The gearbox has shifted. You need a good clutch in your existential gearbox working on campus. When we come to church on Matriculation Sunday, we sense that there is a, something new. Well, there's a newness in every season, every equinox, and every solstice, and every morning. 
like this one. This, too, is a day of new beginnings, time to remember and move on, time to believe what love is bringing, laying to rest the pain that's gone. We're here in a new season, and that makes our hearts unspeakably thankful and glad. Now, the gospel today is based on a pastoral epistle from James. Both Mark and James show the distance that the early church had come by the late first century from its birth in Judaism. Christianity is a branch grafted onto the tree of Judaism, but by the time of these writings, though the epistle is pseudepigraphically given the name of the brother of the Lord, there's little left and actually practices that shouldn't need to be explained are in fact explained. That tells us something, Mark chapter 7. There's been some development, and James offers a word, a pastoral word. Through this summer, it is the pastoral epistle we have been waiting to give, to offer, to share with you the announcement of the gospel as you begin. And it is a word of hope, and it is a word of adventure. Now, we recognize, particularly for those youngest and newest among us, that there is a a sense of caution, too, in the air. You can have a sense that this time, it's tempting to have a sense that this time and this place are actually meant for somebody else. This is really somebody else's location, somebody else's season. You know, it's such a big place, and I've come from so far away. And there's something sweet in that temptation, as with all temptations, because if that were the case, we'd just sit back and let others be and let others do. But the gospel today is an announcement that this is your place, and now is your time, here and now, right here and right now. Oh, we won't dispense completely with caution. There's a, a need for some caution. When, when you're crossing the street, it's good to be careful, cautious. When you're making those first steps and choices, it's good to be cautious. When you sense that you're being invited to live or be in a way that is bitterly beneath, who you are. That's a point to be cautious. I remember a few years ago a young woman from a little town in South Carolina came in to the chapel after seeing a minor, not life-threatening, but nonetheless frightening accident on Commonwealth Avenue, and she just sat and waited for the waves to move. There is a point to caution, but though we'd encourage you a little bit to be cautious. As you so are, so too be caring. Cautious, yes. Caring, too. Protective, yes. Proactive, too. Self-critical, yes. Self-confident, too. This is your season. This is your time. I know you observe the Windows, for those listening up far on the North Shore or in Worcester or down on the Cape, we're looking at the conic stained glass of Marsh Chapel standing here in the chancel this morning. A pastoral word requires a personal approach. We see Abraham Lincoln staring at us from his usual spot there in the East Wall. He's here every Sunday. 
His voice is a little muted after 150 years, so you have to listen, but this is your time with him. Abraham Lincoln, Francis Willard, abolition, prohibition. Lincoln wrote December 3rd, 1861, his first letter to the Congress. We'll remember it this weekend because this is, this time is Labor Day weekend. We remember, I don't hear this very much across the land, those who came before working with their hands so that we might work by thinking or speaking, or as our friend Peter Gomes of blessed memory used to say, those of us who make our living by the sweat of our jaw. <laughs> those who worked in the coal mines and in the dockyards and in the farms. Those of whom Lincoln said in his first letter to Congress, labor is always prior to capital because without labor, there would be no capital. Labor is always the superior of the two. I don't hear that as much today. I know, I went to college too, that we operate in a system that is capitalist. It's capitalism. We support that. It's not laborist. It's not laborism, although notice the change, the distinction there. We might like to hear in our time with Lincoln, labor comes first. This is your season. It's ours together. This is life, so live it. Here is learning, so love it. Here is friendship, so embrace it. Here is challenge, so face it. Here is failure, so admit it. This is the life you are given in your season. It's yours. You know, when you have a chance this year, and by the way, Boston opens itself to those who have a little bit of time and energy and a good pair of shoes, and you can make your way easily and safely. Take a time to go on down the Esplanade. Take a day, a Saturday, to jog the emerald necklace. Take a moment to go and get a standing room ticket in Fenway and see the remains of the Reds, I mean the remains of the season <laughs> of the Red Sox. Head on down to the park. The first day it snows, this is your role. Take a walk in the public garden and Groundhog Day at 1 p.m. Join the rest of us skating as we do every year on the Frog Pond. This is the most blessed of historic places and times. It's yours. Carpe diem, as my Latin, mother, Latin teacher mother said, seize the day. This is not somebody else's time. This is yours, ours. Nor is this somebody else's space. You know, with a city that's 350 years old, Boston, the home of the bean and the cod, where the Lowells speak only to the Cabots and the Cabots only to God, you think, this must be somebody else's, or a campus that has almost 350 buildings. That's 10 times as many as 40 or 50 years. Others must know this place better. I'm just 31 teaching my first course in biology. That fellow down the hall who's been here 30 years, this must be more his place. I'm new, and yet this is very much your place. The epistle to James reminds us that we are to be not hearers, but doers 
of the word, that we're not to sit and look at ourselves in the mirror. We might say today for one generation the television, for another generation the computer, for all a screen that keeps us from our own most self. This is your place in which to grow. To grow in your capacity for moral discernment, to know the difference between good and bad, up and down, right and wrong, lasting and passing. This is your place to grow in your capacity for health, to avoid any lastingly addictive substances, abuse of drugs or alcohol, a balance that gives health. This is your place, this Boston University personalist campus, more on that another Sunday, a philosophy that shaped Martin Luther King, in which the human being is honored. A place for you, then, in this great tradition, to honor others, especially soul and spirit, and particularly body in times of intimacy and engagement. You honor one another. This is a time to stand aside from the moving force, the pervasive influence of a kind of materialism and greed. There's more to life, as your uncle or your aunt may have told you. There's something lasting in life about which you're here to study. This is a place for you to grow in your capacity for empathy with others. There are people, I won't call out their names, university leaders, community members, faculty, right here this morning, who will model this year for others. You can learn from them, and these are habits that require practice. A capacity to feel others' hurts and to understand others' fears. Oh, it's tempting to think this big city, this big campus, this must be somebody else's spot. Hear the good news, sursum corda, lift up your hearts. This is your time, and this is your space. We close sometimes here, finishing the sermon with a New England voice, that of Robert Frost, not just because he was from our area, but because the magic the music in his words came, oh, I know he built on Longfellow and on Browning, but he found grace in the voice, the way people talk against a fence, in a field, in a kitchen, in a barn, on a bench. Miracle of human speech. And he pointed one night to a star and said, here now, it asks of us a certain height, so when at times the mob is swayed to carry praise or blame too far, we may take something like a star to stay our minds on and be stayed. Will you pray with me? Let us pray. Gracious God, we pause before you this morning, thou silent mystery in whom we live and move and have our being. Grant us peace, we pray. Give us grace, we pray. 
In the eye blink of these four years, give us peace to resist what we would regret. Give us grace to receive what will make us rejoice. Four years hence, diplomas in hand, may may we be heavy with joy and free of regret. Help us to avoid the regret that follows abuse of ourselves, our environment, substances, and others. Warn us away from what lastingly we will regret. Fill us with a daily sense of adventure to embrace what lastingly we may enjoy. Friendship, discovery, reading, effort, achievement, accomplishment, self-giving, devotion, and love. Dear God, grant us peace to resist what we would regret and grace to receive what causes us to rejoice. And give us, we ask, a thousand tongues with which to sing thy praise morning and evening. Amen. Please be seated. 
My name is Brother Larry Whitney, and I have the privilege to be among you as here at Boston University as the University Chaplain for Community Life here at Marsh Chapel, and I do look forward to getting to know each and every one of our incoming students who are here this morning over the course of the coming term. Toward that end, I hope you will take a moment to put your name and your contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew. Take that, put your name down, pass it along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week and semester. We would note that all of our services and activities for the term are to be found in the Marsh Chapel term book, which hopefully you received on your way in, and if not, I hope you'll pick up on your way out. We hope particularly that you will join us following the service today for a potluck lunch downstairs in the Marsh Room. We hope also that our incoming undergraduates will take a moment to join Kendall Valentine, whose hand should be going up, right back there in the back pew. Uh, join her in the Thurman Room to get to know each other a little bit better and get to know the chapel and its activities. We know some of you are going to be worried about getting to matriculation up the street. Never fear, come to lunch, and we will get you following lunch into the matriculation procession up the street. So uh, you have absolutely nowhere else you have to be, we promise. We do encourage you to keep an eye on the chapel website for all of our upcoming services and activities at bu.edu chapel, along with the opportunity for online giving. We would encourage you now to meditate on Raphon Williams' setting of Psalm 90, Lord, thou hast been our refuge as our ushers wait upon us for our offering. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
We give you thanks, O God, this day for life and work and peace. Now bless these gifts and those who have given them to the work of ministry in this place and throughout the world. Amen. Jesus said, Before you offer your gift, go and be reconciled. As brothers and sisters in God's family, we come together to ask our Father for forgiveness. Let us pray. Father, you are always present. Forgive us for not reflecting your faithfulness. Jesus, you are always self-giving. Forgive us for living for ourselves. Holy Spirit, you always lead us forward. Forgive us for holding back. May God Almighty forgive all your sins and keep you walking in love through the Spirit, for Christ's sake. Amen. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, says Jesus, there am I in the midst of them. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us share with one another a sign of peace. Wise and gracious God, you spread a table before us. Nourish your people with the word of life and the bread of heaven. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Blessed are you, Lord God, our light and our salvation. To you be glory and praise forever. From the beginning you have created all things, and all your works echo the silent music of your praise. In the fullness of time you made us in your image, the crown of all creation. You give us breath and speech, that with angels and archangels and all the powers of heaven, we may find a voice to sing your praise. How wonderful the work of your hands, O God! As a mother tenderly gathers her children, you embraced a people as your own. When they turned away and rebelled, your love remained steadfast. From them you raised up Jesus, our Savior, born of Mary, to be the living bread in whom all our hungers are satisfied. He offered his life for sinners, and with a love stronger than death, he opened wide his arms on the cross. On the night before he, he died, he came to supper with his friends, and taking bread, he gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks. He gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Great is the mystery of faith. Father, we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. We remember his dying and rising in glory, and we rejoice that he intercedes for us at your right hand. Pour out your Holy Spirit as we bring before you these gifts of your creation. May they be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. As we eat and drink these holy things in your presence, form us in the likeness of Christ and build us into a living temple to your glory. Bring us at the last with all the saints to the vision of that eternal splendor for which you have created us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, by whom, with whom, and in whom, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honor and glory and might be yours forever and ever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread.
Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to his supper. Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word, and I shall be healed. Come, for all things are now ready.
Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, that you have fed us in this sacrament, united us with Christ, and given us a foretaste of the heavenly banquet prepared for all peoples. Amen. I make of my life an offering to God. I make of my life an offering to God. I make of my life an offering to God. There is a surrender of the life that redeems, purifies, and makes whole. Every surrender to a particular person, event, circumstance, or activity is but a token surrender, the temporary settling of the passing and transitory. The surrender must be to something big enough to absolve one from the little way, the meager demand. It is the claim of religion that this is only found in God. The pathways may vary, but the goal is one. I make of my life an offering to God. There is in every person something that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in herself. 
there is in you something that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. The burden of what I have to say to you is, what is your name? Who are you? And can you find a way to hear the sound of the genuine in yourself? I wonder if you can still get enough, not quiet enough, still enough to hear rumbling up from your unique and essential idiom, the sound of the genuine in you. I don't know if you can, but this is your assignment. I, I make, make of my life an, an offering, offering to, God. to God. On the one hand is the absolute necessity for the declaration that states unequivocally the uniqueness of the private life, the awful sense of being an isolate, independent and alone, the great urgency to savor one's personal flavor, to stand over against all of the rest of life in contained affirmation. While on the other hand, it is necessary to feel oneself as a primary part of all of life, sharing at every level of awareness, a dependence upon the same elements in nature, caught up in the ceaselessness, rhythm of living and dying with no final immunity against a common fate that finds and holds all living things. People, all people belong to each other, and anyone who shuts himself or herself away is diminished, and anyone who shuts another away is destroyed. I make, I make of, of my, my life an, an offering, offering to, God. to God. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.